Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kim G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 25th, 2013. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 85, that first full paragraph. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action. Today's readers are The Steps, Eileen G., The Traditions, Marita, and for the text, it will be Michelle H., Fran, Sharon, and Sally. The reference number for yesterday, which was Tuesday, September 24th, is 5201. Once again, that number is 5201. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. The meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through absence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Eileen G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. I'm Eileen, a compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, and these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thanks, Eileen. I will now ask Marita to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Marita. I'm a compulsive overeater in Virginia. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, OA should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, OA has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and the Internet. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation for all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Marita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does not request this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 85, the first full paragraph which starts, it is easy to let up on this spiritual program of action. I will ask Michelle H. to begin reading. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Michelle H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in St. Louis. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. 
These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It is the proper use of the will. Well, this paragraph comes um, right after uh, we have just been discussing about how we've been placed in a place of neutrality, that the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. And this is after we have completed step nine. And, um, you know, we've moved into step ten, and we're continually um, watching um, for these things that block us off from the power of the sunlight of the spirit and my selfishness and self-seeking and my being inconsiderate of others, being in fear, living out of fear, self-centered fear. And it now it's, you know, giving me a word of caution. It's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action, working these steps, step 10, 4 through 9, and rest on my laurels. Um, the big book dictionary says laurels means, you know, past laurels, past achievements, past attainments. Um, the work, the action that I have been doing, you know, I, I don't get to take a break now and rest. Um, I, I, if I do, I'm headed for trouble. Why? Because I'm not cured of alcoholism. I have the mind of an alcoholic, the mind of a compulsive overeater, and ego, self-will, is going to try to rebuild itself. And so what I have, and they're pointing out to me, what I really have is a daily reprieve, 24 hours, contingent, on how I maintain my spiritual condition, you know, step 10, 4 through 9, um, staying connected with God, looking for, continually watching for um, self-will to be built back up. Where have I been selfish, self-centered? Because it will, you know, step 10 says when it happens, you know, I go to God immediately and ask ask for this to be removed. And so where do my thoughts center? They center not on self, but on God's will. And I can refocus um, or take my thinking um, to being God-centered, um, God's will, by just asking the question. And, and I find this so helpful for me. You know, God, how can, I, how can I be of service to you today? How can I be of service to you in this moment? How can I be of service to you in this situation? It says it must, this, this kind of thinking must go with me constantly in all my activities. Uh, and that certainly helps me to stay focused on what God wants me to do and the person God wants me to be because ego is always trying to build itself back up. And um, it tells me this is the way I can, you know, use my will, my willpower, um, in this type of thinking. And so, yes, it is easy to let up on this spiritual program of action. But if I do, I am headed for trouble, and this is a warning and something I need to take heed of each and every day because it is just a daily reprieve. And I'm so grateful for these directions because they really do work for me um, just to get out of self and ask God, you know, what is it that you would like me to do to serve you today? How can I be of service to others? And, And being of service to others gets me out of myself and keeps me on that spiritual path with all my spiritual fellows. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. And who would like to comment on the paragraph we just read? Penny E. Penny, go ahead. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Penny E., recovered compulsive reader in South Jersey. I love this paragraph. Of course, I love every paragraph. But it says here, it's easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. 
So laurels is past achievements. It's past attainments, past accomplishments, past deeds. I cannot stay abstinent on yesterday's food. I can't stay abstinent on weighing and measuring, which I do, on yesterday's weighing and measuring. I have to do it today. We're all in agreement of that. But what this is saying to me is that I can't stay abstinent. I can't stay recovered on yesterday's spiritual condition. You know, this is like, wow, wow, red lights, red lights, red lights, danger, danger, danger. This is invaluable. Uh, we're headed for trouble if we do because it's a subtle foe. Who among us doesn't know how that food just sits there, dressed up in like little red riding hood, and, and it's the wolf. You know, it looks like I'm okay. I'm okay, but it's the wolf waiting to, to grab us by the neck. We're not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent. Now, contingent says the meaning of that is dependent, dependent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So what is that spiritual condition? We have to understand what it's saying here. We're in step 10, which is really a review living the steps, all the steps, you know, all through the day, every day. But here's the key words in here. Every day is a day when we must. Must. I mean, that's a strong word. Not maybe, maybe sometimes, if you feel like it, if it's not snowing, you know, it's must. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all. All. It's like, what part of all don't I understand? You know, this, this, he's telling us. They're telling us how to do this every single day. If I want to go from South Jersey to Maine, you know, I have to follow directions precisely. I can't, well, maybe I'll make a left-hand turn here, maybe I'll make a left-hand turn there, and I'm not going to get the goal. So these are the clear-cut um, directions um, into all our activities. Um, how can I best serve thee? Not mine will be done. These are thoughts again, which must must go with us constantly. Again, what word? What part of, of constantly don't I understand? It's real clear cut here. I have got to put as much and even more, since it's the crux of the problem. The uh, you know the problem is spiritual, so I have to put more effort into my spiritual condition today than anything else. You know, I talk to my sponsees about their spiritual plan for today. It's about their spiritual uh, whatever outline. You know, more important than the food. Food's important too. Thank you for letting me share. Love you all. Have a God-filled day. Thank you, Penny. Who else would like to comment on the paragraph that was read? Hi, this is Julie in California. Go ahead, Julie. Hi, I'm Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater. And... Um, you know, that first sentence kind of sets it up for me that if I rest on my laurels um, and don't keep up on my spiritual program, which is my relationship with God, that I am going to be in charge. And when I'm in charge, nothing goes well. Either I'm manipulative, I'm dishonest. Um, of course, I'd be into the food eventually, but it's not where I want to live anymore. Um, and again, uh, we're at, at the towards the bottom. How can I best serve thee? Thy will not mine be done. Somebody told me one time there's another way of saying that. Thy will and mine be one. Because I had to learn how to um, exercise Julie properly. And I could only do that 
if I was spiritually fit. And if I'm spiritually fit, that means that I have God with me in my thoughts and my actions. All my life, I didn't do that. It was Julie, Julie, Julie. Um, if you, nobody could do it right, you need to do it. So this has been a journey learning what, what God's will is and where is my will. Um, it's a fine line where it uh, works, and if I go over it by a hair, then I'm into my, my stuff and I want to control. So I just, I, you know, I love that we don't have, um, that we're not cured, but that we have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And that's, you know, not how long I spent in prayer meditation, but the quality of my prayer meditation. And, you know, I just, uh, these pages are coming alive still. I had no idea that these words had so much depth to them until I came back. So I want to thank you for all your um, continued service. Uh, I'll pass. Thanks, Julie. And who else would like to comment on the paragraph read? Monica. This is Katie F. Okay, we have Monica and then Katie F. Go ahead, Monica. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. So more instructions here being given to us by the big book. And here we are at step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along, as I said on the prior page. And it and it says here, you know, at the beginning of this paragraph we're reading, it's definitely a warning here to us. Um, you know, if we don't continue, continue, continue to work on our program every single day, that we are going to head into trouble because we're not cured. And our disease is a progressive disease. And it's just waiting to pounce on us. And... Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. And there's not very many musts in the book, but there's two of them in this paragraph. I must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. And it says, you know, every day. So this is a daily decision. It's a daily life or death decision that I need to make. Am I going to continue to grow, continue to watch for resentments, for uh, dishonesty, self-seeking. Um, I have to. I have to watch for those things. And we were given instructions on the prior page of what to do when these things pop up, because they are. And then there's a prayer here to help us with all this. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. And again, these are thoughts which must, here's that second must in the paragraph, go with us constantly. And by the time you get here to step 10, you're just going to be um, having, you know, you've gotten, you made your amends and uh, you're getting the ninth step promises. And this is all pretty new here. And, it's, and that's why in that first paragraph it says continue, continue, continue. And all I can say is, do it. And God will constantly be revealing more. And when you have him in your um, um, ballpark, in your corner every day, it's a good day. And I pass. Thanks, Monica. Go ahead, Katie. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Sometimes I get muted if I just put my phone on mute. 
Okay, good morning. I'm Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, I have this whole paragraph highlighted. Um, I just wanted to focus on uh, this one sentence. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. And, you know, as, as uh, you shared yesterday about, you know, letting the tiger out of the cage, whatever, you know, every day. And, you know, we do have to eat. But I have made it very clear which foods are a problem for me. So if I start, you know, reading the ingredients of, um, you know, my kids' potato chips and think, well, you know, they're not really that bad and, you know, maybe I'll just have 100 calories of them. You know, that's, that's where the insanity can start creeping in. When I think that I can take back my will and I can start to do things my way. And of course, you know, the answer to that is what they say in this, um, is to work with newcomers. And to working with newcomers reminds me of where that subtle um, idea of just one little thing will lead me. And, you know, I have to remember my own experience. I have to always remember what it was like for me. And when I start to hear someone else tell their story, I remember myself in the trenches of um, this disease. And I know that it will be that bad or worse. If I forget that, then I am in trouble. And the reason I can remember that is because of my God consciousness, because God is helping me to do what I could never do before. Um, one time when I was traveling and I had been absent for a couple of years and I was in a third world country and I was with a large group of people and it was very difficult to get my food. We had only been there for, um, I guess we had been there for one day and we were going to go um, to a store the next day and I thought this store was going to be you know, down the street. It turned out to be 18 miles away on a very bumpy road and, you know, I was in such fear, like, you know, and I just thought, well, maybe I just need to, you know, forget about my food plan that I've been using for these last two years and um, do what these other people are doing. And I just prayed to God, you know, to, to give me, uh, show me what to do. And the next day when we drove that 18 miles to that grocery store, the foods that I preferred on my food plan were in this store, the brand of food that I ate. And I'm telling you, it was weird, <laughs> weird things. And this, this cereal that I, I absolutely love um, that you can't even buy anymore. And even, that, even then, in the United States, it was hard to find. So, you know, God carried me through those days that I was there. And, you know, I had to let go of the fact that there was, the temperature in the refrigerator was 80 degrees, you know, and just all those things. But I couldn't rest on my laurels. I can't, and I can't do that today. You know, I don't taste things that I make. I don't, you know, go back and, and revisit the foods that I know are a problem for me. But it's a daily reprieve based on the maintenance of my spiritual condition.
that'll pass. Thanks, Katie. And before we move to the next paragraph, would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Leah. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Tim. My name is Leah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. It is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is easy to let up. That That's a natural thing. Uh to let up, but uh, you can only coast downhill in this program. You know, it is going to take um, my efforts and my attention to um, maintain and to, to continue to grow. You know, my disease never sleeps nor slumbers. I've been given a suspension of my death sentence, essentially. Um, so although it's easy, it's natural um, to let up. That's natural. Just like it's natural, it's authentic for me to have hairy legs and, uh, you know, foul-smelling breath. But I make sure to attend to those matters. You know, I do things in order to make myself presentable to others and to better myself. It's the same thing here. Um, You know, it's easy to uh, not brush my teeth and not shower and not use deodorant. It's, It's natural to go that direction. But I need to prepare myself physically. I also need to prepare myself spiritually. Think of all the time we take to prepare ourselves physically in the in the world today. Um, I need to prepare myself spiritually. How do I do that? I do that by the continuation of 10, 11, and 12, this lifetime occupation of evaluating and correcting my thinking and my behavior, this lifetime occupation of improving um, and developing my relationship with God. It goes on to say here, we are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. Um, You know, again, my disease never sleeps nor slumbers. It is uh, an enemy behind the bushes there. Uh, You know, both compulsive overeating and recovery are progressive conditions. Compulsively overeating was progressively downward, and my recovery needs to be progressively upward because I have a deep thirst. <laughs> that's that's a reality for someone like me, a human being. I have a deep, deep thirst for something, and that something is either going to be satisfied through my addiction or on a journey to satisfy that thirst through God. It says what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. I don't have to make this stuff up. I don't have to, uh, you know, come up with ideas. The program of recovery gives me very clear-cut directions how to maintain this spiritual condition of mine, and, of course, that's in 10, 11, and 12. And my relationship with God is the key to my success in everything. And so I cannot allow myself to drift into neglect of this commitment to living according to the program of recovery because uh, my disease will rear its head. My disease will rear its head. So, um, you know, when it says here, how can I best serve thee, thy will not mine be done, these are thoughts which must go with us constantly, Um, you know, Constantly I have to be aware, am I in alignment with God? Am I being governed by these principles of the program of recovery? Or am I allowing my own emotions 
to govern myself? That is always my question. Where is my alignment? Am I separated from God or am I in harmony with God? That's always the question. How free do I want to be? And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Maya. And Fran, do you want to read the next paragraph, please? May I? Oh, yeah, this is Fran Compulsive Oh, Go ahead, Fran. Okay. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. But we must go further, and that means more action. And, um, whoops, my dog. Um, it's talking about us now that, now that we've gotten um, rid of our self-consciousness and our selfishness, now maybe we can hear the voice of our higher power as we're coming to understand who our higher power is and how he wants to operate in our life with the new set of principles. And instead of operating out of fear and worry and despair and all the things that come along with the disease, now we're operating out of hope and surrender, acceptance and courage and humility and spiritual awareness. And every day we have to uh, become aware of the God consciousness as we're directed. And um, starting out in the morning and looking to God for our strength and our hope. And, and throughout the day, we get these directions. Go this way. Go that way. Don't say that word. Don't give that look. You know, just the ways that God would have us to behave. And... Um, it's just such an awesome program, and we're just beginning here to develop that sense. We're just starting the journey of, of looking towards God instead of our own self to what, how we're going to live our lives, and it's just beautiful, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. And who would like to comment on the paragraph that was just read? This is Paula Mascia. Go ahead, Paula. It's Ma- Miriam. Okay, so Paula and then Miriam. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for your service today. Well, what a paragraph to live by. But first, if we have been carefully following, follow directions. Oh, there's that word, carefully. We have begun to sense the flow. Only a beginning. And what is a flow? A flow isn't stopping and starting. That's what I did. Oh, stop today. Start tomorrow. No, it flows one day into another of his spirit into us. To some extent, it says we have become God conscious. And we know the word God and conscious is knowledge of. Knowledge. To know God. To know God. And again, it uses that word. We have begun. Do you see the beginnings here? Throughout the book, it's beginnings. To develop, uh, develop. Some more slowly than others, but develop it does. This vital, necessary for life, the life that I wanted to live, not the life that I was living, to live with knowledge of God. 
sixth sense. We know what our senses are, the five senses. They're the most natural thing, aren't they? To see, to hear. But here, the sixth sense, knowledge of God, with all my other senses, comes together. But I love this but, and I'm going to end here because it ends here. But we must go further. Remember, they kept using the word what? Begin, begin. And that means more action. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Go ahead, Miriam. Miriam, hit star one to unmute. Uh, thank you very much. This is Miriam calling from Israel a compulsive overeater living in the solution one day at a time. And what what do I mean by the solution is actually living in t- step 10, 11, and 12. Uh, we already went through the first nine steps, which is meant, you know, a journey back to a higher power, a very slow journey back, like uh, first uh, just uh, willing to believe and then opening up our wreckage of the past and opening up our blocks that... We're blocking the light, and then when we get into step ten, we 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 are not allowed to to lie in our lowers. We have to continue looking for for our character defects and and turn them over to a higher power. So in a way, what this uh, paragraph is saying here, after all was read before, is that before I was living a life of self-centeredness and selfishness and a life live on me, myself, and I, and now it's like the beginning of a new life which is uh, based on God and based on, on helping others. A life that, that has a meaning, a life that has a purpose, that it doesn't have just to think about me, 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 and my problems and my my feelings and my whatever. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a real life. Before I was I was just trying to survive. And I'm just so grateful for it that there is a way of living. And to live in 10, 11, and 12, it should be a, a way of living for us for life. Like clean house, trust God, and help others. It's, it's the way to come out from our disease. It's the way that God helps us with it uh, in a, you know, on a daily basis, like a daily reprieve. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Miriam. And who else would like to comment on the paragraph read? Hi, this Monica. is Jill. Sally? Okay, I heard a couple people. I heard Sally was the third person. I think I heard Sheila is the second. Who was the first person? Monica. Okay, so, and was that Sheila? Did I hear that correctly? Yes, that's okay. Okay, so we're going to go Monica, Sheila, and then Sally. Go ahead, Monica. Thank you. This is Monica again. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power if we have carefully followed directions. Okay, so here we are at step 10. And if we have carefully followed directions, followed the path of the steps, working the steps, taking the actions, and doing steps one through nine, and we've cleaned our house, we've got rid of all that garbage, 
you cannot get to this point at step 10 and not have had some changes going on, have had things revealed to you. If we have carefully followed directions, we are going to have begun this sense of God that we've never had before. It's going to be more than begun by now, but it's still just a beginning because by step 10, we're just beginning here for the rest of our lives. But if you've done all that work, things happen. God will have revealed to you. You will have had light bulb moments. You are going to start seeing things and thinking about things and looking at things differently. And this is becoming God conscious, having an awareness that he definitely is there. By this time, there's no doubt in my mind, a power greater than myself has been working in my life. I'm abstinent. I've gone through the work. I've made amends. This wasn't me. Something greater than I was helping me with all of this. And now I want to continue tapping into this greater power. And, um, and the more you do this, the more is revealed. And I know when I first started Step 10, you know, I was just a little newbie. Did I understand all of this stuff? Did I really know what was being said? No, I did not. But on looking back, and that is just the greatest thing about this program, when we look back a month later, a year later, two years later, you look back, you can't help but see how much God has revealed to you, how much he is there. There is no doubt and with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Go ahead, Sheila. Good morning. This is Sheila A. from New York. Um, when I read this paragraph, I have in my notation footprint. It reminds me of the footprint where the times when I thought that I might have been alone and looking around for a power greater than myself that uh, he was carrying me when I couldn't walk. Um, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. Uh, when I'm in my conscious contact with God, it's many times during the day, it's a good thing to hear because I have some awareness that my power is always with, you know, there were many times that I thought God had to didn't understand that everything happens for me, even though I may not like the situation. But for me, if I'm having my hands, in this book every day, and I have my other hand on the Bible every day, then I'm in conscious contact with them. I'm in constant conversations with power greater than myself. And I have learned through work and constant awareness that if I let my power guide me and lead my life, try to be of service. And I've learned definitions of service, being service and doing God's will, and being of service to get the God bless doesn't necessarily mean you're going to care for people. Because in another program, I had a lot of issues of care for people, doing things for people that they could do for themselves. I've learned the difference of that today, thank you, God, that, that it's okay to be of service. But that flow of God within me is so real for me at times, it's not breathtaking. You know, and I think I have footprints written in here, so this particular paragraph reminds me of footprints. And um, I no longer have to hold people hostage for what they did or didn't do. And that's the huge with that I'll say. Thank you, Sheila. And Sally's going to go next, and then after that we'll go on to the next paragraph. 
So, Sally? Sally, hit star one to unmute. Thank you, Kim. Sorry, my phone became muted. This is Sally, um, recovered compulsive reader in South Jersey. I just wanted to speak to this, these last two lines, but we have, the, we have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. And so when I see these words, this vital sixth sense, I'm reminded again of page the bottom of 56 where it says we have stepped from bridge to shore. For the first time, he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. And so keeping in mind that we are born with five senses, what is this sixth sense, this vital sixth sense? Is it possible that we now we see the way God sees that we hear others the way God hears, that we are touching lives the way God intended us to touch lives. And so when I see this vital sixth sense, I see this as a part of the new relationship that I am building on with God as I hold his hand, as I walk through my day, as I continue to go further and develop my God consciousness on a day-by-day basis. And um, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thanks, Sally. And Sharon, do you want to go on to the next paragraph? Good morning. This is Sharon, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I think we're at step 11, suggest prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than we are using it constantly. It works if we have the proper attitude and work at it. It would be easy to be vague about the matter, yet we believe we can make some definite and valuable suggestions. And as we start that, I want to go back to page 15 and and look at something. Uh, it, It says here, my friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly, was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me? Faith without works was dead. He said, and how appallingly true for the alcoholic, for an alcohol, if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed with us. It is just like that. So it is prayer and meditation, and and I know it's talking about uh, some other things there as well in terms of working with others being part of our spiritual life. But prayer and meditation is specifically about our relationship with our higher power. And when we're involved in prayer and meditation, we're involved in, in Enlarging our spiritual life, 
It's not an option. It's, it's uh, now, of course, it says it suggests prayer and meditation, and we've already talked about that word suggest. When Bill uses it, it's just to let you know that, I, okay, I don't want you to get upset here when I say these things. I don't want you to, it, it's not necessarily, an, it's not to say this is an option. It's just, a, it's just, Bill is treading lightly because he does. He we know that as addicts we can get bent out of shape really easily, and so what we don't want to do is to overreact to the word prayer and to the word meditation. We don't want to get confused and lose sight of what we're trying to do here. So prayer is can take so many forms, meditation, so many forms. So it's the 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 point is that we're growing along spiritual lines. The point is that this is something we do. It's work. It's something that is active. It's something that we're doing. We're not just sitting there thinking about it. We're actually actively seeking to uh, uh, something. And um, I just, I actually looked up the definition of prayer just um, it's an act that seeks what we're doing is we're seeking that relationship. We're seeking uh, the deity. We've already decided uh, come to what we believe is our higher power. And so now we're seeking that contact. And when we're praying, it takes many forms. Sometimes you're praying because you want to get to know uh, your higher power. So your so your prayer is, uh, 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 well, uh, for instance, it's, I shouldn't say seeking to know because that would be more meditation, but it's, we, we do a petition when we pray. In, a, in other words, we're asking for something. We do supplication where we're just really seeking for that change. We're seeking our higher power to do something inside of us and out there in the world. This is prayer. Prayer is about wanting change and knowing that in ourselves we can't create change, but we have a higher power that can move, can can do things. And sometimes prayer is just about thanksgiving. It's about thanksgiving and praise, gratitude, expressing gratitude to our higher power for all that we have. And, and if we just take a moment, we can all find many things that we have. And then when we look at, it says that we also, not only do we need to pray, but we need to meditate. Meditate. We need to get quiet and listen. When we're praying, we're seeking, we're, we're using our, our voice, our thoughts, maybe even. But when we're meditating, we're quieting down. We're opening up. We're listening. We're receiving. And before we step out into the world, this is something that we need to get uh, fortified, if you will, so that we can deal with the trials. But the important thing, it, there's so many forms that prayer meditation can take. You can develop your own, just like you develop your own uh, vision or your own idea of what your higher power is. No one's going to tell you. This is how you pray. This is what you do. No one's going to tell you this is the meditation and this is what you have to do. But as it is suggested, 
However, if you don't, that you you should, you, it's suggested that you do it. But what we learned very early on, page 14, is that if we fail to enlarge upon our spiritual life, and this is what prayer meditation is, it's, it's, it's enlarging on our spiritual life. If we fail to do it, not only in works, uh, service to other people, but in, in, in service to God, to our higher power, in service to ourselves by listening in meditation. If we don't, we will surely not fail, but we will surely die. It's a, that's what the big book tells us. So this is life or death, and this is important stuff. And it's good stuff. It's not to be done with fear, but with the optimism that this is life-changing stuff that we're going to benefit in our lives when we uh, participate in prayer meditation and when we seek to, to what it is that we, our, our form, our method, what it is to us as we seek that. And uh, I, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. And who would like to talk on the paragraph Okay, Miriam, Miriam. Was there someone behind? Was there someone behind Miriam, or just heard Miriam? Okay, go ahead, Miriam. Thank you very much. This is Miriam calling again from Israel, a compulsive overeater, living on the solution one day at a time, for the best of my ability. Yeah, here we it says that you know we, but we must go further and take. And that means more action. So we are starting now. We got now to step 11, which it means more action and not, again, uh, you know, lying on our, on our laurels. Step, step 11 says, so through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Uh, to have a, con- a constant conscious contact with with a high power is very very important. We is is a need for us. We we either are in, in touch with our high power, or we make our our disease our master, our food or or our behavior. So I believe that really uh, prayers and meditations are very very important. I I suggest that right from the beginning to my sponsees now because. It's something that is um, is really needed, uh, you know. No matter where, whether we do it in the beginning, like act as if, and then we get a sense out of it. While the more we do it, and and we feel it really, I I believe it's very very important. I I don't think there's a proper way of doing it. Everybody has their own way, you know, their own religions, their own way, and uh, you know, the big book uh, suggests there are quite a few. Um, uh, prayers in the big book. I usually pray the serenity prayer and the set aside prayer and the step three prayer and the step seven and the step eleven. I usually do that apart from from some of my prayers from my faith and you know there's something that I do in the mornings, in the afternoon, in the evenings and um, and also I, I I use some time to to talk my own personal problems and things to to my higher power i i spend some time just talking to him like you know if he was my best friend or or, or my father 
and I, it really, really helped. If I if I put God in front of me in everything that I do, and I ask Him for help, and then I say thank you after you know things are are done or the way they they develop, I mean things work so much better in my life, and uh, I, it's something that I need to do really all the time, because when I when I forget about it and I I start doing things trying to take control of my, my the things again, things begin to be. To, to get really floppy again in my life. So to keep in, in constant contact with God, I, I believe that's really what recovery is all about. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thanks, Miriam. And who else would like to comment on the paragraph read? Carolyn. I'm sorry? Carolyn from Massachusetts. Carolyn. Sorry, Carolyn. Can you speak Carolyn. up and go right ahead? This is Carolyn from Massachusetts. This is so awesome for me, you know, it's um, prayer and meditation for the longest time. I didn't know how to pray. I was constantly saying, you know, God, whoever you are, help me pray because I don't know how to. I can't pray like other people. And one day it dawned on me that as long as it's coming from my lips and it's going to the God of my understanding, it's prayer. Even if it's just a conversation, it's prayer. Even if it's just a request, it's prayer. But I also had to realize that the only prayers that God would listen to were the ones that were done unselfishly, the ones that were done with others in mind and not myself. Because when there was always something in it for me, those prayers never got answered, and I couldn't understand why until I realized that I had to be completely void of wanting things for myself. Because that's what that's what my disease was all about. It was all about me. I had to start living life for others. And I sought through prayer and meditation how to do that. I sought through that prayer. I sought through that quiet time. The meditation is spending time with God himself and listening to the answers that he has for me. That's what it's all about. I have to listen to what God is saying to me. That's meditation. You know, thoughts will always come in my head about what's going on in my life, and I'm human. I'm going to have human thoughts, and I'm going to have human moments. But all I have to do is acknowledge them and then change the channel and go back to my meditating and listening to what God wants for me, not what I want, what God wants. And that's how I'm choosing to live my life today. And the more I seek through prayer, and like I said, when I first started to pray, it was very simple. It was, God, I don't know how to pray. Please show me how to do this. It started that simply, and it grew into something so beautiful and so personal, and that's what prayer is all about. It's all about the uniqueness of each and every one of us and the beauty each and every one of us has and what we have to offer, and what God sees in us, bringing out that uniqueness. And that comes out when we pray and meditate. And the minute we start saying, but that person prays better than me, we're, not, we're telling God that he doesn't know what's best. So when I let go and I allow God to rule my words and to rule my meditation. My life is so full and so incredible. It's all good. Even in the tough times, it's all good. Because
always going to be those rocks in the road, those boulders. I want to plow through them. I don't want to go around them anymore because every time I go around them, they're further on down the path all over again. So when I go through them with my prayer and meditation, it's just like going through the steps, going through my life. And it's so awesome. And it's such a beautiful journey. Holding God's hand in this journey is what it's all about. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Sally, will you please read a vision for you? Yes, Kim. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation when you can do each what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.